maids are desolate, her priests groan, her young girls grieve, and her lot is bitter. Her foes have become the masters, her enemies prosper, because the Lord has made her suffer for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone away, captives before the foe. From daughter Zion has departed all her majesty. Her princes have become like stags that find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love, and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. The grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it, is now, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. With this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed. For I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day when I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and plant in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or sending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are workers, slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The disciples said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Jesus replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. When the disciples asked Jesus for more faith, you'd expect him to say, Great, I'll give you more right now. Or, I'm so glad you asked, let me show you how you can increase your faith. But what Jesus says sounds almost offensive. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed. As you know, a mustard seed is a very tiny seed. Is Jesus saying to the disciples, if only you had even a little faith, think what you could do. Is Jesus scolding his disciples for not having enough faith? What happened, I think, is that something got lost in the translation, literally. The Gospels were first written in Greek, and in the Greek language there are two ways of saying if. For example, you can say, if I were you, and it means that I'm not you. If I were you, but I'm not. And you can also say, for example, if God is good, and it means that God is good. If God is good, and he is. Which of these did Jesus use in today's gospel? It was the second one. Jesus wasn't saying to the disciples, if you have faith and you don't. He was saying, if you had faith, and you do. That makes all the difference in the world. Jesus wasn't scolding his disciples. Jesus was saying that the faith they already had 
which they felt wasn't enough, was more powerful and more effective than they could imagine. I think a lot of us spend a lot of time feeling inadequate about our faith. We don't feel we have enough faith. And we assume that other people have more than we do. We think that our parents and grandparents had more faith than we do. We suspect the person who sits in the pew in front of us has more faith than we do. And we are certain that the clergy must have more faith than we do. But Jesus won't allow us to compare our faith to the faith of others. It's pointless. Don't ask Jesus for more faith. Ask Jesus to show you how to use the faith he's already given you. He's told you today that the faith you have right now is more than adequate to pull up a tree by its roots and plant it in the sea. Have faith in your faith. The disciples were speaking of faith in terms of quantity. Give us more faith. But there's another way of thinking about all of this. It's found in the excerpt from a letter to Timothy that was our second reading this morning. Timothy is a young servant of the gospel who seems to be struggling with the demands of his faith. And Paul says to him, Rekindle the gift of God that is within you. Instead of acquiring more faith, we could instead rekindle, renew, reawaken the faith that is already within us. You might be thinking, rekindle my faith? I barely made it to church this morning. Between work and family and just trying to make it through the day, I don't have time to rekindle my faith. And besides, what does it mean to rekindle my faith? How will I do it? If you want to rekindle your faith, and you can't imagine adding one more thing to your list, start small and keep it simple. Here are three things you could do. Practice one of them. Practice all of them. Or ask God for another idea. First thing, you know the scripture insert that's in your bulletin? Don't recycle after the service. Bring it home with you and use it to pray the collect at the top of the page. The collect is the prayer that collects our thoughts at the start of the service. Bring the insert home with you and pray just the first part of today's collect. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray, and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pray those words when you drink your first cup of coffee in the morning. Put 
quickly insert in your wallet, of your purse, of your bag. Take it out at lunch and pray to comment. Pray it while you're waiting in line at the grocery store. Turn those worries over in your mind. Think on them. Dwell on them. God is always more ready to hear our prayers than we are to pray our prayers. Before we even think to pray, God is already listening. And not only that, God is ready to give us far more than we would ever dare to ask God for. Let this revelation of God's unfailing presence and extraordinary generosity accompany you through the day, day after day. And see what that does to your faith. Here's another simple thing you could do. Get an index card and write on it three things for which you're most grateful. Don't just think about these things. Write them down. Commit them to paper. And take that index card with you. Put it in your wallet or your purse or your bag next to the scripture insert, perhaps. Whenever you have an unscheduled moment, a moment in between things, take out the index card and read what you wrote. And as you read those things you're most grateful for, thank God for them. This index card is your prayer card. As often as you look at it, it will remind you to thank God for all the blessings of your life. Let your gratitude accompany you all through the day, day after day. And see what that does to your faith. One more thing you might do to rekindle your faith. Go back to the beginning. Return to the fall, to your baptism, where you entered the household of God and took your first steps on the journey of faith. I will now make a shameless plug for the baptism preaching series that Becky and I will offer over the next three Sundays and on the first Sunday in November. In these sermons, we'll reflect on the meaning and mystery of baptism, that sacrament of water and spirit in which we embark on our journey home to God. The water of baptism seeps into our souls and enables the roots of our faith to take hold. Come to church and meditate on your baptism over these next few weeks and see what that does to your faith. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and you do, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Have faith in your faith.
Rekindle the faith that is already in you. Pray for all of them and hold authority in 
Give us names of people you think would be appropriate to serve on our vestry for the next year. Um, we are looking for three vestry members at large and one senior warden. So please put your mind to this. The deadline actually is written on here. The second is actually moved up to the ninth, so you've got a big problem to, to think about it. And it tells you here how you can submit these forms. Thank you so much. the Director of Christian Formation, and uh, the children had a very successful practice buyer drill today, so I want to thank all those who helped. Um, and please forgive us that we walked in during your prayers, but it was the best thing to do was just to bring the kids in rather than downstairs. So thank you for your patience on that. And after the service, um, there is going to be a movie shown for the kids in room three, the tale of the tall trees, and we'll have little snacks and everybody, children are welcome. The reason for that is coming up is definitely. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Charlie Stone, representing the search committee. Many of you may know that one of the primary goals, or first goals of the search committee is to develop the parish profile, a document that describes who we are today and where we hope to be in the years to come. To do that, we need your input and your help. It's vital uh, to the whole process. Um, so in that regard, um, I want to spring this on you. We would invite you to stay in your pew at the end of the service. We will divide the church floor up into ten subgroups by adjacent pews. You'll have a member of the search committee in each group, and the search committee member will lead that discussion. This is an attempt to get, gain valuable, valuable input in a short amount of time as we try to move this process so I hope you'll join us. As a result, coffee hour will be delayed by 15 or 20 minutes to accommodate the schedule. And as Carol just announced, there'll be entertainment for the children in the enterprise, and she will lead them out after the recession. The search committee will be knowing any adults that try to sneak out. <laughs> Seriously, but whether you've been a member of Trinity for 15 years or a visitor of two weeks, your input is extremely valuable. So I hope you'll all participate as we all take this journey together to find a new record for Trinity Church. Thank you. Remember, if you possibly can, stay in the and give the service. Thank you. Hi, I'm Linda Vieira, and after you um, participate in that wonderful opportunity, uh, during coffee hour, please stop by the library to find out about Promise Trade. Promise Trade is a big part of the fair. A parishioner will offer service for specialty items, and these are sold at the fair. Last year, we had a huge success. We had over 70 promises. We hope to have more. So stop by, renew your promise, or think about a promise that you could offer that is different and creative. Thank you.
are excited to kick off the 2017 season of Stewardship here at Kennedy. Hoping for a little applause for that one. Some aspect of these buckets. But basically, 
the, our budget is actually $860,000. And of that money, $170,000 goes to worship. It's the altar guild. It's what we all enjoy right now, today. Uh, $100,000 goes towards fellowship, and those are the dinners that we enjoy and the time that we spend together. $120,000 goes, to, goes towards music. Robert and the other musicians of the, of the um, two now, uh, um, or three, I guess it is, three, three, three uh, organs. Um, $120,000 for those of us, a bunch of us, our parents here, for the, um, for the wonderful Christian education that goes on here. And then $350,000 goes towards outreach in many of the programs um, that, that Jennifer just eloquently spoke about. So we wanted, and we felt it was very important that rather than just ask for the money, we kind of detailed where is this money going. And with that, I'll hand it off to Buck because this is a special sort of year. I'm Buck Grace, and my uh, topic this morning is uh, transition, bridging the gap between uh, the time Tony left and the time we have a new record here. You know, there will be costs associated with this. Uh, the uh, search committee uh, will be visiting. Candidates, possibly in other cities, there'll be expenses, entertainment costs as they go to uh, to uh, interview the candidate and go to the church and, and listen to a sermon, possibly. Uh, once the candidate is uh, selected on the short list, uh, the, the candidate and the spouse, if there is one, will come here to Concord to check out our town and check out our church and uh, find out a little bit more about us. Uh, then when the rector is finally chosen, there will be the moving costs and uh, so forth. So there are a lot of expenses involved with installing a new rector here. So this is another reason we need additional cash and money for uh, uh, in, in your pledge for this coming year. Uh, there's also another aspect of transition. It's a transition time in how we uh, give our uh, funds and uh, and. Uh, uh, benefits to the church. Anyway, uh, we for the past three or more years, most of us have been uh, paying an additional pledge for the capital campaign. Well, now that that is essentially completed, uh, and I think that the money that we spent for that uh, hasn't really affected our quality of life. So why not take all the part of that money and add that to your stewardship pledge to help get the uh, money we need for the increased budget uh, is, is in, in this year and the following year and, and years beyond. One more thing, uh, it's always been Episcopalian to put something in the plate every Sunday. Uh, now I know we've gotten away from that a lot. Uh, I know for, my, for myself, I write a check once a month and what I've uh, learned to do is uh, I, I take the envelope, one of the envelopes every Sunday and put a, a dollar bill on it. Doesn't sound like much, but over uh, that's an additional $40 a year. And if you multiply that times 200 families in a parish, there's another $8,000. Uh, what I'm suggesting is that uh, uh, you mark on your pledge card where it says uh, you want envelopes, say mark that as yes, you do want them. And uh, during the week when you uh, may uh, forego a cup of coffee at Starbucks or uh, somebody buys you a round of coffee at work and uh, so you didn't spend that money, uh, there's some additional some cash that you generate that way during the week. If you have, have children in your family, make one of them responsible every Sunday for going, finding that box of envelopes, digging one out, giving it to you for this extra cash you're going to put in. And uh, this can come up to a fair amount of money over time. So 
that's what I'm suggesting now. And one final thing that we know from experience that on any given Sunday like today, only about half of the congregation is here. So if during the next week you bump into somebody that you know from our parish who wasn't here, please take time to explain to them all that you've heard here this morning about stewardship and be enthusiastic. <laughs>
the name of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share one bread, one power. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and God's Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you, and remain with you this day and always. Amen. Yeah.